Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. I'm obsessed by human beings. I feel humans are the greatest thing ever. Every race, every color, every sexuality. I think they're just the most amazing thing there is, you know. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels, from brand new to burnt out, who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally, are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. My conversation with Michael today is one that you do not want to miss. This is one of my favorite topics, but it's something that I think just has so much room for exploration, and it's the idea of where that sacred, magical human thing is that allows us to create It's also the thing that helps us connect to other people in the world. And I think some of the insights that Michael has are are really incredible. And they're also things that I really resonate with as well. So most importantly, if you're sitting in a place right now with your business or your life where you're trying and you feel like you're kind of pushing up against something and it just doesn't come naturally, this is the episode for you. It might be that your photo business isn't really feeling good or taking off or you feel like you're just not doing something right and everyone else is getting it. All of these feelings are normal, but this is the episode to really like grab a cup of coffee, sit down. There's a lot of deep thoughts in here. And Michael is just full of passion and wisdom for this idea of how we create and how our success comes from creating from a place of alignment. So if that sounds cool to you, definitely want to listen to this episode. First, a couple words from our sponsors, and then we'll dive in. So if you're like most photographers, you probably didn't go into business for paperwork. Does the chaos of invoices, emails, to-dos make you a little crazy? Well, that is where 17 Hats comes in. Their all-in-one, mobile-friendly platform organizes your entire business. 17 Hats handles things like time-sucking tasks, payment reminders, capturing leads, and scheduling your meetings. With 17 Hats, important emails go out automatically. Quotes, contracts, and invoices, click, click, paid. So it's a small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 Hats. You'll free up so much time from day stealing to do's. It's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, which is obviously photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it. So why not clone yourself with 17 Hats? Visit 17hats.com to learn more with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. 
That's 17hats.com with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. Today's interview, you'll love it, Audrey. Audrey hasn't heard it yet because it hasn't hasn't been produced yet. But I was chatting with Michael about the making of art and how humans are magical and how we all have something special to offer. But because of social media, because of the fact that we're inundated with so many things all the time, we are riddled with imposter syndrome. We're constantly comparing ourselves to others, but we're also kind of losing touch with the thing that makes our own creative voice come through because we're this voice in our head is I was like, is that what I should be doing? Is that what's popular? Is that what people will like? When instead creating art, because you feel like creating art, if you want to just go take pictures of flowers, go take pictures of flowers. If you love sports, go take pictures of sports. If you love clouds, take pictures of clouds. And, you know, that judgment we put on ourselves, that judgy voice in our heads really gets in the way of like true creative expression. And we all have something super special to offer when it comes to true creative expression, whether it's cooking or drawing or photography, but obviously we're talking about photography. It was just really fun to hear what he had to say about that and just to completely agree with him to really be vibing during the whole interview. Like, yes, yes, I agree. Yes. I recognize that when we create things that feel really good, generally those are the things that do really well and lead us to like really cool stuff. Yes. And when we are just pushing against something because it's sort of like what we're supposed to be doing or what is popular at the time, it tends to feel gross and not as true to us. When I started coaching, there's a lot of sort of frameworks and rubrics that work as far as like, this is what a coaching business operates like. But when I added the tarot in, the business readings and helping people get in touch with their intuition, all that stuff, it was so much more fun for me. And it felt so much more natural. And it was something that not really anyone I know was doing. So of course, that voice was like, this isn't going to work. You know, mm -hmm. that's what my, my inside voice sounds like a old Minnesotan lady. But that's, that's what I did. And so I think, yeah, I think that's what we were exploring in this interview is like really taking a step back and reflecting on your creative process as a photographer. What comes to mind for you? First of all, I'm excited to listen to this because I like this topic I could go on and on about. I feel lots of feels bubbling up inside of me right now. <laughs> uh, it's also really relevant to like how I've been feeling lately. So something I've asked myself in the past and thought about and I just daydream about how cool it would be is like what would my photos look like if I'd never seen somebody else's photos before Ooh. and how would I see the world and how would I create and what angles would I go at what lighting would I use like what posing would I do because I I am so heavily in, I mean we all are because we're inundated with stuff all the time influenced by other people's work and in the photo world there's definitely trends that move through the community and you find yourself like, oh, I saw this pose and it was cool and I want to try that and this effect and this whatever, this blur. And then I try it and then, you know, it dies out. But but yeah, I just think it would be so cool to know what my work would look like if I hadn't been influenced. That's not really possible. I was going to say it's kind of a double-edged sword in a weird way. Social media can be so inspiring. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. I want to learn how to do that or yes. whatever. You know, I've learned tons of things about caring for my plants, for example, where I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that. I mean, it truly is finding that balance because it can also absolutely kill your creativity. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. 
Totally. And I was just going to say too, like, I feel like my balance has been off lately and I've been feeling, I posted about this recently, actually. Like, I just wish that I could, I feel like I've been gonna, stuck in a creative rut because I'm kind of going through the motions and taking photos in a way that I think people want their photos to look like more so than creating them from a place of like just true like creativity and how I want to try things. And I've been wanting to do some model calls lately and do sessions where people show up and I don't pose them or direct them at all. I just like try and create and unfold whatever unfolds in front of me. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, when things start to get really noisy in my head like that and I feel like I'm in a creative rut and I and I'm just going through the motions, I the solution for me is usually to take a social media break, which I'm actually planning on doing. And not just like a weekend, but like a 30 day or a 60 day. That's not always the smartest move from a business point because some people use their social media for marketing. I do, but the pros outweigh the cons for me in this situation. And if you listen to our previous conversation, you know that you don't need just social media to grow your business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is a tricky thing to decide. I just sort of do like like the Homer Simpson fading into the shrubs little meme thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? That's, one of my That's basically what I've done on Jennings photo the last month as I just faded. Okay. <laughs> I posted like one thing, but it's okay to do that. It's, you know, you yeah. can take a break if it's an intentional break. Mm -hmm. I do think consistency is key. And I think that like you will do better and grow your audience and retain engagement and all that if you are consistently showing up. I think I'm in a different place with that particular account because I'm pretty fully booked you know, in general, but yep. for photo business help, you'll notice that there's never a break of more than a couple days. So, you know, it just depends. I don't think also if you're using social media as a tool to promote your business, you necessarily have to doom scroll and get uninspired and get, yeah. you know, all that, the heaviness of social media, you could create a little rule for yourself that you just schedule your posts via the Facebook business app thing and you never scroll, you know, that might be a, mm -hmm a solution for some folks that really feel they need to be present on social, but don't want to engage in social for a period of time or whatever. But as far as creativity goes, I often wonder something similar to what you said when you were talking about if I, you know, had never seen other photographers, what would my photos look like? And I often wonder if I, if social media has caused my sort of creative center to become a little desensitized. When I think back on stuff that I like loved when I was in college or even younger than that, just like I was very into black and white kind of moody, gritty. I was a jazz trumpet player all through college, if people don't know that. So there's a lot of really beautiful images of folks playing live tunes at like the Blue Note, et cetera. You know, people probably think of like, Coltrane or Miles Davis or whatever, but all those sort of smoky like stages and rooms and like some of those photos used to blow my mind, you know, and now when I see them, I'm like, cool, but like, uh, but oh. they don't blow my mind. And I don't know if it's because I've seen them so many times or if like I'm so desensitized because there's so many other things that are cool to look at. And I, I find that it's fewer and farther between that I get really hit by something and I'm like, whoa, that is amazing. Most recently, it was like the AI stuff was like bonkers to me. Like, whoa, this has just been created like out of thin air by a robot, which there's a lot of inconsistency in that style of art. But 
I don't know. I think I, that is a concern is like, are we just desensitized to a point where mm-hmm. things that used to really move us, whether it's music or, or, uh, photography or whatever, because we we're just like blasted by the fire hose of it every day. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. And true. I mean, I feel like I follow many accounts and it, there's only a few that really stand out to me anymore. Um, I have a couple of favorite photographers who, who post things where I'm just like, God, this is different and I like it and I want to be more like this, <laughs> but then I want to be more like them. And then, you know what? People will start to be more like them and then I'll, we'll become desensitized to that line of work. Totally. That's the catch 22 about it. It's, it's like, it's good to be inspired. And then like that, you hopefully you bring your own flavor to what you're trying to emulate or, or take from or whatever. Cause that's, that's what everyone does in music and writing. Like you're gathering little bits and pieces of inspiration, but, but to really make it your own, do you have to just kind of sh- shut it all off for a while? I, I don't know the answer to that. It would be a cool yeah. experiment. One thing, you know, before we wrap this up and get into the interview that I mention a lot, and I, I think I mentioned it in this interview actually is particularly because we're speaking to lifestyle photographers for the most part on this podcast. If you're feeling imposter syndrome or not very inspired and you are, for example, a family photographer mm-hmm. or a wedding photographer, I strongly, strongly recommend to just not look at any family or wedding photography for a while. Start looking at like stuff from like the Gordon Parks Foundation or Diane Arbus or like look at people that are not doing family photography. Well, you could argue that Diane Arbus did a little bit of it, but in a very circusy odd way. (laughs) But, you know, like look at those folks, find photography or just look at like macro nature photography or look at, you know, something that's completely not what you're doing and start to fill, fill your soul with something a little different because I do think that's where we get little like shots of inspiration is when it's kind of like an indirect link to what we're doing. Yeah. Rather than like being inspired to emulate someone. If you want to just try and get in touch with your own thing, try and bring maybe some of something from like the, like, like the Gordon Parks foundation account, by the way, is stunning, you know, try and bring something from there into your own family work. Yeah. I love that idea. Also for me, something that really helps is if I, if I change up like the location that I use, or maybe I, I try, you know, I try and do something that's a little bit different than my normal, like we're going to do this and that. And I've been doing that lately, the last month, I'd say I've been trying some few, few different locations and that's really helped. Awesome. For family stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That does actually really help. I agree with that. I think you do need to switch it up. And this is one of the arguments I always had, no offense to folks that have a studio, but, and the studio can be moved around and it's very dynamic, but to actually own one myself and be in it all the time as the style of photography was tough for me personally, because I do like that sort of challenge of being in different places and stuff like that. Final kind of thought. This is a throwback to one of our group members, Laura. Laura Kane share photography, but she, and this is one of those things that's such a funny thing to think about because it's, it's helped me a lot in my family and wedding photography over the years to think about it. But it also makes me realize what you said earlier, how much we're shooting for our clients sometimes, like how, Mm -hmm. how much we're delivering something we know they'll like versus maybe something that's coming directly from our soul. And Mm -hmm. uh, Laura said, Make sure at every shoot that you just shoot one photo for you. Like shoot the weird, crazy, bonkers, odd, like thing that inspires you that they might not like, you know, whether it's 
something blurry and ethereal or something just whatever, you know, to shoot that one thing for you. And uh, do you remember us having this conversation? I totally do. I remember when she said that and I was like, oh, that is so, so brilliant. I mean, it doesn't have to be the whole session. Just take like two minutes to do something weird and creative and try something different, you know, like bring along a prism or something you've never done before. Just yeah, try. yeah. You're not tied to it the whole session, but you at least got to try. And Yeah, there's something so like you can feel the creative energy trying to push through when you try new stuff. Just force, your, yep. force yourself to just do it. And then like you'll I think you'll find momentum in that first step. I would hope that we could get to a point where we are shooting for ourselves all the time and people just want to hire us for that. And that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the weird place we find ourselves in as like business owners, but that's a whole other conversation. So hopefully this is getting you excited for this interview because it's an inspiring one. I finished and I was like, I can't wait to go create art. <laughs> I'm excited to listen. I want to like dig into his, his stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, yeah. let's do it. Thank you for your feedback on this. I love this conversation. We'll talk about this more for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Okay. It's nice to finally connect with you after all of this. We finally. I know, but you know, those are the best interviews. The hardest to get to, we have to clear all, all the shit in the universe and then, then it works better. Well, on that note, let's just dive right in. I, I really, you, you gave me a lot of information about your backstory. And one of the things that I want was really interested in that I thought was really cool is you you had and we'll get into more detail on this but you had these this amazing collection of photos yeah. and you ended up having a reunion with all of those folks and I thought maybe we could just dive in and start right there and kind of work backwards from there but um it was it was something you mentioned and I thought it was a really cool cool thing so without further ado let's go go hit it Maybe we'll start with tell folks who you are and where you're from, and, and then we'll we'll chat a little bit from there whenever you're ready. I'm ready. Oh, you want me to start? Okay. Hi, Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> we, have to, we have to leave that. We'll leave that in because it's just a part of the story of how many times we've had it. So for those listening, we had to reschedule this a couple of different times for a couple of different reasons. And then today, trying to get the tech to work, it's been about 15 minutes of stuff not working. So we've decided that this interview is going to be amazing. <laughs> yes, it will be. Absolutely. I'm Michael Magruch. I was born in Vienna, Austria, and I was a ch sick child. I was really sick. And so I went to school when I was seven. I was dyslexic and uh, couldn't, couldn't understand the school. So I have no education, basically. Everything is self-taught. And I couldn't because of being so sick. And so I couldn't smoke. I couldn't drink. I couldn't do any, any vices that usually adolescents go through. Like social. Uh, social. So what happened is between 15 and 20, because I'm good with people. 
I'm bad in systems, so I was peak of the class, but I failed the class. So I'm really good with people, and that's the, I was forced to be good with people because otherwise I would be not belonging to the human fabric. Yeah. From 15 to 20, I was um, bored. All these groups wanted me, and it's very clicky in Europe. At you know, 40 years ago, very clicky. So. There was the the people that were law students, aristocrats, doctors, industrialist kids. They were all in groups and cliques. It's here a little bit so, but it's not as extreme. You know, it would be he, like here in in America with military. That would be you know military if you you know. And so it was very close guarded, but I was invited everywhere because number one, I loved girls. And number two, I I was good, you know, I entertained everybody. So, and that was my shtick as a as you know, when I, I had nothing to offer, no knowledge, no wisdom, no nothing. I I just was a class clown. That's a big challenge when you're trying to find your social footing as a as a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's one hard. And art always got me in. Art always kept me on keel. It just brought me back to balance. It brought me back to so I started as a DJ, then I produced fashion shows, then I went to advertising, then I went to uh, television, film, and also, so so everything. I was Arts Commissioner of Newport Beach. I was working with Robert Evans, who did The Godfather and, and Chinatowns. I, I uh, co-produced with him. So everything, but all personal. It was all on a personal level. So between 15 and 20, I hung out with those groups. So I wasn't in America yet, so I was still in Vienna. And I just did about 4,000 slides during that time. I liked ectachrome because mm. it was more blue. And I uh, liked the feel of it more. And it was the cheapest. Sure. <laughs> you know, artists don't have money. So <laughs> it was the, I mean, it, and that's, that's, you know, that's artists, 97% of artists, and we have to say that worldwide on the poverty line. They exist. 97% of all artists worldwide wow. living on the poverty line. And when you say the 4,000 slides that you produced during that time, it was a little bit of everything or was it a bunch of different projects? No, it was in every group. I, I, I liked humans. I, did, I, I, I tried, uh, yeah. I tried uh, photography. I'm obsessed by human beings. I feel humans are the greatest thing ever. Every race, every color, every sexuality. I think they're just the most amazing thing there is, you know? They are fascinating. And uh, I, I wasn't aware of that. You know, I just was drawn to make photos of, of, of humans. And I just shot. I had a little Minox and then Olympus, the XA, you know, and, and I just shot all the time. And it's so funny because I schlepped these, you know, 4,000 slides from Austria to New York to Westwood to Laguna Beach to Newport Beach. Everywhere I moved all the time, I slept this box. Yeah. I mean, it's it's better than paper, you know, but it's still a huge thing. Yeah, it's not a hard drive. And, and so 30 some years later, I thought I gotta I gotta clean them out. So you've never looked at them. I never looked at them. You just have been carrying them with you. I've never looked at them. Right. Yeah, I looked at them when I had them developed, you know, looking through and 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 think, but I wasn't even 
interested right. in that. So a lot of them were still in the Kodak, you know, in the wow. in the yellow packages and and all the stuff. So I threw them in, and then I think one time I sorted them out. I think I was already in America, and then I put them in carousels. But that's it. And then again, I think that was ten years ago. And then and then I never looked at it and just slept the carousels. Now the carousels with him too. Right. So now it's slightly more efficient, but they're still <laughs> not being looked at. I was so fed up with it because I like to have clean stuff, clean slates and stuff. So I, I said, you know, perhaps there's 10, you know, perhaps 4,000 that will perhaps 150, 200, 250 perhaps that I want to keep. The other one is, you know, as you know, a lot of crap in there. And I looked at them and I just started with something. I didn't even go through the whole thing. I just started and I said, oh, that's good. That's wow. That's really good. I gotta just just post that, and I posted on Facebook, and I got immense. And it was like four major people of these groups together eating at a restaurant. Let me just jump in quick. What was your process for taking slides and posting them to Facebook? What did you? What was your technical process? I scanned them, and I went to the library, mm-hmm. and a lot of libraries for your listeners have those slides things you can convert slides to digital cool and I, so i was days and days and and just did it after that first i did just a couple and then they had such good response and then i just did uh did you know uh more and more mm-hmm. and it took me two and a half years to do like three thousand i mean thousand where you know i they were unsharp or not 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 they weren't they were blurry or something and there was stuff that wasn't about those clicks that was, you know, landscape photography. And I threw those all away, by the way. I had no I had no connection to this. Interesting. And I I kept the, um, I did Las Vegas and, you know, stuff that I fo- photographed, the neon stuff. I tossed it all because there's so much out there. You don't need more, you know. And I just posted one after one and more and more people liked it. So I said, okay, I'm going to make a page, a private page, because a lot of those people are all over the world and a lot of uh, people are on in high positions. So I didn't want to violate their privacy. So I made a, a, a private page, only the people that were a part of it and started it. You know, this was two and a half years it took me. I, I, I didn't have, you know, I had to do other stuff too. I couldn't just post all the time. But I had great uh, engagement. And, and then um, uh, a friend of mine, Sandy, she told me, you got to make a party. You, you, because we all found each other again on this page. Wow. And we got to do a, So after th- 36 years. That was just going to be my next question. Is, is, so just to be clear, this is roughly 30-something years since these photographs have been taken. 36 years. Yeah. 36 years. Wow. And I got 200, I mean, I have 400, 350 members of that page. The private page, yep. Yeah, and over 200 showed up at the party. To the in-person thing? In-person, they came from New York, they came from all over the world. And uh, and it, it's just, that, and I couldn't tell you why it worked. I couldn't tell, you know, people say, I want to know why you're successful or why that is. It was just the very candid shots. They are very, um, they're inter- interesting stuff. I mean, there's, there's a model that 
was a Warhol model that I did too. Mm -hmm. So in that, that was in that society. That's very cool. So what, what it was candid. It was not, no, and the people played to my camera and it's very interesting, the psychology, because I, nobody could remember that I photographed. Of course. Nobody, nobody. Wow. Because it, then there was no iPhones. There was no. Yeah. And, but people still, I mean, so I would look odd making pictures, right? And the people played to me because I'm very personal. So the people played to me, made funny uh, faces or whatever, or funny situations. And uh, because I always try to communicate. When I have a camera, I did a very bad camera, uh, like a, one of the first digital camera. And I got a, a girl a, a model job. Mm -hmm. And I made it on my porch with hanging a linen as background. And I just got her, got the shots and I, she got a, a model job. I did this a couple of times, you know? That's so cool. So, But I never look at lighting. I never look at, I need to have the best camera. I need to have the best lighting. I completely ignore this unless I feel there needs to be something. So if I feel there need to be a red mm -hmm. tint or something, or I could make that better, it's all intuitive because I could never learn anything. Right. You know, I had all these magazines. I couldn't read them because I'm dyslexic. Well, and I people hear me talk all the time on this show about the fact that you don't need the best, newest of everything to do great photography. No. And one of the things that I think is really cool about your story that resonated with me is the fact that you had such great success with this project. And I personally believe that, and this is something I really try and, and coach my, my coaching students through when they're trying to figure out what they want to do. But I believe that when you're just doing something that is fun for you, that feels good, that feels natural, that you're naturally good at, yeah. those are the projects and those are the sorts of paths that I think really open up for people. Uh, I think when you're pushing against something because you think you're supposed to do it a certain way and you think you're supposed to, yeah. that's not how it works. And this is a perfect example of an amazing story. And except for the part where you had to lug that box around where you didn't like. <laughs> but it's a mind construct too, because art is a conversation that you have with your non-physical and physical. And, and this photo photography is in the physical, mm -hmm. but still, so basically, any art picture is a conversation of that other person, in this case, the other person, me, and being in time space. And I think when you can achieve that, then it has a chance to that people pick it up, that people feel their creative muscle and can connect with, with it with a thing. So when you're in a mind constructs, I need to open my f-stop. I need to do the timing like this. The light needs to be good. I need to have all this stuff in there. So, for example, all the artworks, look at Instagram today. It's so fully bloated with stuff. It blurs the human stuff. The human stuff is that what's important. Human in nature, when you can connect with an animal and you photograph that animal, it's a different shot. A dog, let's say dog or cat. You connect with an animal and you play with that animal so that the animal doesn't know that there is something in between, you know, and you play with that. And the same was, was with me, with, with the photography. I play with you and say, oh, come on. Oh, come on. Come on, Natalie. Come on. Smile. Boom, boom, boom. And I make it irrelevant. I make the camera irrelevant. It's a conversation between you and me. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, so that's why it's more important that you have a tool that you're really comfortable with. 
So I have a camera that, so for example, the Minox was a great camera, you know, the great name, forget brand, but the Olympus was way better. I could manipulate uh, the, you know, with the Minox, uh, with the Olympus way better. I mean, for my, for my uh, thing, it wasn't just, you know, to have a small camera and make great photos. Right. For me, it was a, a, a small camera that helped me to capture humans it discos at uh, outings at parties, right? You know, it wasn't outside in the in 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 the open thing. It was always indoor. So indoor, the Olympus was king. It's so important, I think, for people listening that want to start, that are just starting or just trying to get into the photo business thing, which is a lot of this audience. Yeah. It is so important to to be comfortable with what you're shooting with, you know, to just really get to know get to know your camera inside and out before you start worrying about you know, the next best thing that's coming out. And if that's not quite cutting it, like you said, like then it might be time to upgrade a lens or, or a camera body or something. But I really think if you can just get comfortable with something, then you're not thinking about all the things that you mentioned. You're not worried about like the technicality. You're just able to use it as kind of an extension of yourself, which um, helps. And I have to add to this because I teach about, you know, my art education I say the medium, it's like a medium. So I say never buy your kid a piano, a saxophone or whatever. Just rent it, borrow it, let the kid figure out where its voice, because this is all my voice. You know, th these pictures are not like I'm trying to do Helmut Newton copy. You know, it, it, it is my voice. It's my voice of how I capture with mistakes and everything in it. I love that. That is the, that's the core. If you will ever, and now what, what are people doing in music? Because I'm a musician too. Mm -hmm. They put scratches on it. They make it artificially human, fallible. You know, uh, like uh, the videos all with the old look and all this stuff. That is not going to do it. That can only do a temporary thing. It has to be authentic. People are getting more and more sensitive. Look at us. We just scroll through things. We are, we are so fine-tuned. We pick up what's authentic, humane, or what's AI-enhanced. Yeah, yep. And we don't like it. You know, I, I put AI in it. I, I told this another photo thing. I put up the um, AI engine for, you know, that you can use to make a word a, a picture. Yep. Right? So so you can say a dog in a sushi in a sushi house. Yeah, yeah. And it will make you a, a photography that looks exactly like a photography. Yep. So I put in into a in this engine, hello, hello, like hello, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I got after 10 minutes? It was cranking. I got two pictures, uh, nine pictures, two pictures of human and cat mix. And then all the other pictures were cats. Maybe because of Hello Kitty. <laughs> you are correct. But see, you get that. I doesn't get it. You picked it right away up. Yeah. I picked it up too. I said, I want to just say hello. And I thought I'm going to get a, a person that says hello, a, a, you know, a caricature that says hello. Sure. Or, or the word hello, you know, uh, in, a, in a 3D uh, photography or something. Nope. You're right. I mean, the AI hasn't quite made it there yet. We are limitless. No, it can never be limitless. AI can never be limitless. Humans will always find a new way. That's why you have people breaking out of the highest security prisons. There is no physical manifestation that ever will reach 
the limitless of human being. Never. That's interesting. And and I think, you know, going back to what you're saying about our ability to create, I think it's really fascinating to, for those listening, especially that are really feeling stuck and uninspired and just not feeling like they're doing what everyone else is doing. I always recommend let's say, for example, you're wanting to be a wedding photographer. I, I strongly recommend not looking at any other wedding photographer stuff for a while and just going out and finding Absolutely. other things that inspire you so that you can find your own flavor and your own thing that you want to bring to it. Maybe you end up shooting like Robert Duano in black and white and that's your wedding style and everyone loves you and yeah. that's great. But yeah. but I think what you mentioned is so important. And I'm curious, do you have any um, advice for new photographers, no matter what they're trying to do, like, you know, portraits or fashion or whatever, but yeah. do you have any advice along, you know, in, to add on to your thoughts on on how art is created from sort of within the human human being? Don't buy any, get a cheap camera or use your iPhone, use your cell phone. Mm. and feel what you're capturing. Feel it. So I would never be a wedding for a photographer because I don't get anything out of it. But if I was, for example, loving cosplay, I would do cosplay photography. Sure. If I like to do dogs, if I love animals, you, you have to have the passion of what you're capturing. Yeah. Why would you capture something that you have no relationship to? That's right. I love humans. I adore every human being. It doesn't matter if they get on my nerves or not, mm -hmm. because it's it's it, I'm part of the whole. If you want to experience power, that's right. That's right. You know, it's the inclusiveness. You know, it's not not the separate. The biggest system separated us in man, woman, and races, and now now in sexuality. A cat doesn't ask you. Hey, are you uh, are you um, a white cat or black cat or checker cat? It's a cat. We're all humans. And the power is in inclusiveness. Yeah. And I think there's so many chances in art because we are limitless. You can never think, I cannot compete with that. Right. It's not about competition. It's about your fulfillment of life. That's right. Art is about bringing you to your human being and unveiling. Art helps you unveil. You are the, you're perfect when you're grown up to 18. You're perfect. You have everything. And now it comes to unveiling who you are, you know, who, who you are. And that's why you try jobs. That's why you try different instruments to find the right instrument. I learned two years guitar, waste of time, not waste of time. I, I got clear. I can do four, four chords. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I couldn't comprehend it. I went to drums. I was a ritual. I, I was invited everywhere to play with him, you know? So as so not drums, uh, percussion, yeah. you know? I knew how to how to put color in music. I knew how to create magic. To tap into that part of you, yeah. But I was always a rhythm guy because it got me into you know dyslexia. It got me into into balance. Yeah. So so you know it, it gives you a guidance of being, I never knew why I was uh, attracted to rhythm, but now in, in in my age I can look back at it because it got me into being okay, and that's what art does, drawing or whatever. So the beginner, I would say. I would say the beginning, and let's let's start a new 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 thing. Don't worry about the camera. Use your phone. What you have already. That's right. And don't make a production. Go with a passion. Is if you like American football, then go and do a high school league. Go in a high school place and make photos of the kids. Yep. Even kindergarten. It doesn't matter. Right. If you like animals, go in an animal shelter. If you like landscape, 
you know, make a trip to the next land That's where you right. have landscape. America is so great, you know, Canada, America, we have, we have so much That's right. beautiful outdoors. Look, learn to look. Right. I've seen outdoor photography from a photographer that does only in cities outdoor photography. And before you start making these goals, you know, these business goals, people are worried about, about their business and what it's going to look like. Really tapping into that thing that you love first will take you there. I mean, that's what's going to take you there is finding that. It's not yeah. thinking about, oh my gosh, I love dogs, but how am I going to make money with dog photos? Like, don't worry about that. Just do the dog thing. That system, that system adaptation. And you, yeah. and in systems, you only have a chance being yourself, not being unique, not being, you are unique by default. That's right. You are valuable because you exist. That's right. So always remember that. And the symptom of money is the symptom of your valuable, you know? So if you do something that you really resonate, that passion comes through. I mean, I am very excited about what I talk. You feel that passion. That's right. You feel it from you. You, So we are exemplary, not, oh, we are so great, but we live our passion. You have your podcast, you have passion photography and teaching photography. I have passion for photography and art in general. I love art. I think it brings you to hum- humanity. Also, we are the art is the history, the most objective history teller, because it's not written by the victor. It's written by. So if you want to know how the 1800s were, look at the art. That's right. Don't read the history. Yeah. So your conversation that you have in that moment is valuable if you believe it or not. That's it doesn't right. mean sometimes you don't see that. I didn't see all this stuff. Do you think I knew I'm going to 36 years later, I thought I'm going to toss 90% of those photos and stuff just happens. Yeah. And there's nobody knows success, achievement has nothing to do with each other. Achievement is achievement. That's why half of the workforce in the world gets $5.50. They say, oh, if you achieve hard, you're going to get successful. No, you can work your, your thing. It's about the passion, about the human, capture the human excitement. The excitement you have about cosplay, you know, whatever whatever you want to photograph. Mm-hmm. Capture that for yourself. For yourself. I mean, if, if you, not for, and expose it because art asks only to be created and exposed. That's right. But you don't have to have a million likes. No. And you don't have, that's all, you know, Google just admitted that every fifth click is, is only human. Uh, they say Twitter every eight are wrong. So two two clicks are correct. Like bots and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So don't go by that because you need one person that believes in That's you. right. One single person or two. I mean, I know galleries that, I know one specific galleries they are in or we're in Palm Springs, LA and New York. They live for four patrons. That's right. Yeah. But they look like, oh my God, they're the greatest thing, you know? So don't be fooled by the system, what the system says. You do that you feel your humanity, that you enjoy what you create. That and if you hate it, if you hate your pictures that you do, put them away. Put them away and look at it in two months because then your ego is out of the way and you look at this with fresh eyes. That's right. Put him away too. So because I, if I would have looked 36 years ago, I would have thrown most of them away. Right. It's the same with writing or music, anything that you're creating. If exactly. you're feeling a little 
tension. Just exactly. put it down for a little while because yeah. it's just not the time. Do something else. Do something, you know, and so keep the passion going. Right. Do something else, you know, say, hey, I want to do a soccer game today. Not tomorrow. I'm going to look at kitties, yeah. you know, whatever. For sure. And I think you have no idea. Nobody has the idea of what value you're creating for yourself when you create. It's just, that's why I call art. This is human superpower. Yeah, it is. And I said, the second is uh, discourse. And the third is our ad- adaptability. And don't be afraid to not like art. I love humans, but I'm not hugging every human and kissing him right. you know, or her. Yeah. 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 So, so look at look, when you don't like art or photography, everybody talks about Helen Newton, for example. You don't have to like that. That's right. It could be, you can be indifferent to it. When you mm-hmm. go in a museum, you don't have to like every uh, piece of art. Like what resonates because it teaches you who you are. Because That's you right. resonate and say, why am I? And then ask the question, why am I resonate with that photographer? That's right. And not with this, you know? That's right. That's what the value is. It's not, oh, I need to be like him so I get, you know, I need to be like Karl Lagerfeld to be, yeah. you know, the next fashions are. That comparison is not helpful. It's the worst thing. It's why you, it's the question is that you not answer him. You just ask the question, why do I like Natalie's photography so, so much? Why do I like your photography? And I just leave it. And you will come. It will come. You just keep asking why you like that so much. Why is it you don't like sports, but for some reason it makes you crazy to make photographs from from people with doing shuffleboards. Yeah. Like why? But who cares? Just do it. <laughs> just do it and ask yourself the question. Say, why, why am I so attracted? A, right. Because in that in attraction, what it reveals to you is perhaps I'm just making this up. The fun that older people have in communal togetherness through the shuffleboard. There's something in between the the, the subject. In between, it's not the photo. That's right. It's it's the information that you capture. That's right. And there is the magic for you. Then yeah. making art, creating art, is always exponentially more valuable than the money you can get from anything. Yep. Exponentially. That's true. It is a superpower. And if you keep asking questions and you follow your heart, not, not, oh my God, I need to love this. No, I just love it. I like dirty, gritty stuff on, on oil rigs. Then do that. Yeah. Get there. Do it. Do that. You know? That's right. I like this. I had an artist, a student of mine. She, she took discarded objects and made beauty out of it. Artworks, you know? Cool. But not recycling. She just, she walked and found this. And she put it in, in, in the shed and then she did and she did something out of this. Yeah. And I can't tell you how great it's how great what she did. Because she really didn't just try to just let's put it all together because you know there's a lot of art there that say, Oh, we are recycle art. No, nah. that see the system. Recycling art, uh, recycled art is a system thing. Yeah. Discarded art is human discarded things but you feel there's still some spirit in that discarded Coke can or whatever. Right. There's a human element. There's message. Yeah. Yeah. And you put it together and all of a sudden it opens up. That's right. I mean, it's, it's just, there's so, you cannot put a price on this. You cannot put, what is the price that you and I talk right now? What what is the price you would put on that? It's priceless. We need to start navigating as artists back to, 
this is really valuable. That has wisdom. That has awareness. That has humanity in it. That's right. You know? Every design has humanity. In anything uh, we see, millions of designs has humanity. In it. Yeah. It's a little bit of you. It's a little bit of you. It's a little bit, and the photos the same. But if you want to do photos according to systems, if I create art so it sells, it's not. I'm not. You know, you know that you have those artists that that kind of say, "I don't want to sell. I don't care. I don't even." That's exactly the same as if you say we sell. It's the art market, right. and basically, be aware that the art, what we know is art, because I think, except you, Natalie, I, I know very little people that looking see the value in creation. Is primarily the art world is a business. It's about the product. It's not about how long you did it, how much you put in, or yeah. you know, most songs are, are, are written in twenty minutes. The, the you know the super songs, which yeah. means basically it shows you that if you, in the moment you can create masterpieces. Yeah, when you're in flow, flow would be it would we could do a whole other episode on flow because yeah. it's just anytime. Yeah, <laughs> it's a magic trick of humans to be able to do that in the moment because right. flow wasn't even an issue before 1970s. You know that, right? It right. wasn't an issue. It was there's no Goethe didn't write. Oh my God, there was something or, or you know, <laughs> I was in flow. I wasn't, I wasn't in flow, you know? Yeah. So or Mozart didn't say I wasn't in flow. I mean, the guy did right. how right. many hours, right? That's hilarious. It wasn't an issue in the 70s. It's that the system navigation and uh, conditioning pulls us off. It distracts us. That's right. And and so that's why we get out of ourselves and are not in flow. So flow is when you when you follow the passion. When I'm I'm here, I'm not thinking right now, do I need to pay bills? Do I need to go to the dentist in the afternoon? I'm not saying that stuff. I don't even think about it if I don't pull myself out and just say that. I'm here with Natalie. Right. And that's why this is so magical because this is where stuff comes in that I wouldn't even think of or Natalie wouldn't even think right. of. So we expand both. That's why it's a superpower, you know? And I think too, you know, when you talk about our current way of consuming other people's creations, whether it's, you know, social media, whether it's done just because people think they're supposed to do it that way, or it's done from a real place of creation. I think, you know, the current work that folks have to do in, in this period of time in human history is to really recognize is sitting here scrolling, inspiring me? Am I getting ideas and getting excited to go create something? Or am I feeling like crap, like I'm, tr- I'm comparing myself to other people. And I, I, yeah. I think the latter is the most common. And, and I really I agree with everything you're saying. And I just want to reiterate that how important it is to just go out and make something because you want to make it do not pay attention to all the other stuff, you know, just follow that thing inside of you is, is I think a great message, which kind of brings me back to what I wanted to wrap up with. Cause I'm just so curious. Cause I think this is so cool. Yeah. So you had these slides you lugged around forever. And then 35 years later, after doing a Facebook thing, all these people got together. Can you tell me just a little bit about how did you guys meet up and where did you meet up and what was that like for everybody? So we met in the center. And this is a great lesson too. We made in the center of Vienna uh, on a half outdoor, half indoor, by the first district. And uh, I think first or third, but very close to the center. And people flew in from all over the world. You know, they, they just came all over. And, um, you know, I found the process was so much more valuable than the party. Because people were shy after 36. You know, it's like a school reunion. Yeah. We had a great thing. We had all these huge monitors all over the, the, the restaurant. 
uh, of that place, you know, uh, looked like a, yeah. you know, outside disco or something. At this this thing, and and it was was just uh, from a memory stick. It just showed this this, this thing, and people were huddling obviously around those to talk about them. What the whole value was for me, and this is why I'm why I'm telling. This is so good that you asked that question because for me and for Xandi, who, who who said we have to do this, we actually revisit our past. And we redigested all our things and told each other. We went together through it, and then uh, we we talked uh, uh, we talked about it. And for us, it was a revisiting our uh, past. And for everybody else, as I know, uh, and I have written stuff about it, it was also. And I think Sandy still you know uh, want to do a book about it. So with all the insights of what what have changed and who has died and. You know, who's it, it? The whole it was a very humane project, you know, and I think it was there was no crescendo. There was just a balance and calmness of everyone. There were no drunk people. We had fun. We had music and all the stuff, but there wasn't uh, a crazy party. Everybody get on drugs or whatever. It was just, it was just. Oh my God, we okay. We are okay. So we. We lived our lives. We were all anxiety, obviously, when we did the photos, you know, in, in, in our adolescence. And these people that were left over or came, they all felt kind of, you know, it's good. Life, being alive yeah. is good. And I Very think if cool. you can communicate, communicate that. Uh, but it was not intended. I didn't know. So I want to tell people there is no mind. You, if you live out of a mind construct that you're going to make these photos, you're going to go there and you have this goal to be this. It will always be in the future. It'll be very, very rarely that it happens. Mm. You know, because you can ask all famous people, they knew, like every other human, that we are powerful, but they didn't know it's gonna turn out that way. Right. I had no, I had no idea when I moved in 18 years. I, I worked here, worked back and forth that I stay in, in the United States. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's right. I had no clue. So so be curious of what is unveiling versus make plans because plans is, is it that that's here. Uh, that's a brain construct, you know, that's, Oh my God, you know, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I did. I need to do this because I did this. So you never in the now, you never, and art forces you to be in the now. Creating makes you to be in the now because you can't, if, I, if I'm painting a painting, I can't think, Oh my God, what am I going to pay the bills with? Uh, is this gonna? Is this painting gonna be good uh, at this show or whatever? I think if you do this, you so sabotage yourself. I agree. I think addressing. I mean, and I think that's a really great way to 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 wrap up is that addressing art with curiosity and presence is really the the only thing you need to do. And when you find yourself looking forward, to just bring yourself back and. Um, as far as connecting with you, is there a space that folks can find you? We're going to put a bunch of stuff in the show notes as well, but just if someone's listening, where's the best place to? One app only, and it's on my social, my phone number, my email, and it's michaelm.com. Okay. And I would rec- I recommend them. I have a 20-second podcast, which are just quotes. I want to shift. I want to pivot the artist to take back their power, to define art as not the system, you know, the product, but as why art is so uh, valuable as a human tool. 
and it will, I guarantee, will ever, I will I'll triple your excitement about art, <laughs> and I will triple your excitement about uh, viewing art and or, or consuming art. I will guarantee you, I will triple your knowledge, your, your your wisdom, your feeling of art in creation as as well as in thing. Just go through those tiles, or you go uh, Instagram. There are just tiles, but I speak them. Um, and you hear other a deeper version when you hear my quotes sp- spoken by me. Very cool. So I speak the quote, and and this is to pivot. And I trust that you take that wisdom and do it in your way. You alter it, whatever, into your way. And and that's why I want to I want to pivot to the superpower. So michaelm.com, Michael with two L's, michaelm.com. That's it. Amazing. I feel three times more excited to create after talking to you right now. Yeah. It's yeah. always amazing to have these conversations. I love talking about just our potential as humans and and the magic that we create. So it's been a lot of fun, Michael. I hope we can do this again sometime. Maybe we'll talk about flow more more in depth or whatever comes up. But anything anything about art, you know, creativity, flow. We you can do a, a headline, you know, for you know a topic yeah. that you that would would like to talk about. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Natalie. Appreciate it. Hopefully you're feeling inspired to grow your photo business. If you still feel like you've been trying everything and you're a little stuck and you'd like a little more community, a little more one-on-one help, remember to head over to photobizhelp.com forward slash apply. Applications are open now for the greenhouse. And I know that this investment of your time and your money will help you get to where you want to go. So that's photobizhelp.com forward slash the greenhouse. I look forward to seeing you there. One more quick reminder, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, disorganized, check out 17 Hats. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it yourself. Go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 hats to get 50% off your first year.